everyone, welcome back into the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Wednesday, November 8th, early morning uh, BT Powerhouse edition. My name is Thomas Bendit. I am uh, the manager of BT Powerhouse as well as the host of the podcast. And we are continuing this morning with our look at the Big Ten for the upcoming 2017-2018 season. And we have a huge one on the tap today. I know I uh, consistently say we have a great topic, which I generally think we do. Uh, (laughs) But I I think this is a really, really fun one. We have uh, Purdue here today that we're going to be discussing, the defending Big Ten champs. So hard to get much bigger than that, huh? Uh, And we have a a great – or excuse me, guest on this morning – uh, Casey from Hammer and Rails, the Purdue SB Nation site. Uh, Casey, how's it going this morning? Uh, not bad. Seven o'clock. I'm not drinking caffeine anymore, so it's a little rough. <laughs> well, I apologize for uh, for getting you up so early. This is uh, the only time that seems that could work out for both of us. Um, but so let's so let's not uh, wait any longer. Um, we're up early to chat about Purdue. Um, the Boilermakers are coming off what was undeniably a, a very, very successful season. Um, I believe they get up to 27 overall wins. They make the NCAA tournament. They win the outright Big Ten title. Um, so before before we get to this year, um, any final thoughts on last year? I mean, obviously it was a successful season, excuse me, um, but what do you think uh, Purdue will sort of bring from that season to this year? We didn't blow a giant lead in the tournament, which is nice. It's been a while since we've not done that. Um, I think I think seriously what we take away from it is that Purdue basketball is back, and it's this senior class that really led the way, turning them around. This will be – We've had what two straight, three straight years of NCAA tournaments again, which was a consistent up until we started recruiting a lot of Johnsons. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I I agree. I, I think it was a uh, it was a great year, um, and I I think it was season that will certainly go down um, in history for the Purdue program. Um, the one the one thing I, I would note as far as last year, and not to start things off on a bit of a down note, um, is just that it, in terms of the advanced rankings, in terms of Purdue's uh, record against uh, its toughest opponents, um, I, I think the Boilermakers were a little bit under what uh, a typical Big Ten champion has been over the last decade or so. Um, clearly, just from the generic achievements, you know, outright Big Ten title, 27 wins, Sweet 16 appearance, um, it was a successful season. There's no disputing that. Um, I, I do think the one thing I would note, though, is maybe this team was just a tad under what some of the recent Big Ten champions have been, you know, uh, Wisconsin with Frank Kaminsky, um, I, I'm sure Purdue fans won't like to hear this, but uh, maybe that IU team a few years back um, with Zeller and Oladipo and so on. But uh, 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that's the only downside I would say. But certainly a, a great year. Um, however, the team's going to look different this season, and particularly because Purdue is losing Caleb Swan again. Um, we all know his loss is significant. How how significant is it? And can Purdue re- replace him this year? I honestly think it's not as big of a deal as it should be. Caleb was great. There's no way to there's no way to like cover that up and we will absolutely miss his rebounding. But I do still think that was his best quality on the basketball court and that can be replaced. We have Isaac Haas down low to fill in for the offensive post. And we have Vincent Edwards starting at the four, who's probably the best power forward in the league still. So you can still say we have the best front court, even with losing Caleb Swanigan. And the reason we struggled so much last year was against the top-tier teams without having impressive victories, like you mentioned, is that we didn't have the athleticism to keep up with teams like Kansas, per se. This year, we're adding we're adding freshmen who bring in the kind of length and athleticism that'll make a program more competitive in those big games. And I think that improvement off the bench and just the fact we're starting four seniors who have played a ton of minutes should be able to fill in the holes that Caleb will leave. Interesting point, yeah. And this is something I I wrote about in my preview that uh, hasn't posted yet, but it's to come, so... Um, gotta gotta push that uh, a little bit here this morning. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I would say though, uh, but yeah, I mean, Caleb Swanigan. There's no denying he's going to be a substantial loss. Uh, you you don't replace a player like that on a yearly basis. Um, and and frankly, I mean, if you look back just at his overall achievements, uh, Purdue gets a player like that maybe once a decade. Uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. That's being generous. Uh, That's being very generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, I, I, I will say it's you're, you're not expecting another one of those guys to pop up in a year, in two years, maybe ten years. Uh, so that's important to keep in mind. However, as you said, you know they have Edwards, they have Haas down low, who both can really just increase their minutes at those respective positions at the four and the five, and really replace a lot of his playing time just by way of that. Uh, so that's that's certainly uh, a good position to be in. Both of those guys, all Big Ten honorable mention guys last season, uh, to be replacing, um, you know, a superstar guy with at least players who were some of the better ones in the Big Ten. So that's a good situation. Uh, the other guy I was just going to mention briefly, uh, the team does lose Spike Albrecht. He didn't play huge, huge minutes, but he did provide some – depth and experience in the backcourt. So uh, that's another loss. Obviously, Swanigan is the, the guy to watch. Uh, moving Spike on to – Spike anymore last year. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had certainly lost uh, some of his uh, play from his glory days at, at Michigan, or we should say uh, glory game, uh, the, the national championship game a couple <laughs> years back. But, um, but, uh, but obviously, you know, as you, as you talked about briefly – uh, Purdue's bringing in some some new characters this year. Uh, they they're bringing in Eastern. They have a, a nice JUCO transfer as well. Um, any I know you talked about them briefly, but any thoughts as far as the overall newcomers this season? 
I honestly think we have the best recruiting class in the Big Ten. I said that in my little snippet I wrote for you when you do your previews. I just like the balance of this recruiting class. I like how well they fit together with this senior class. Nojel Eastern is six foot six, a good 220 pounds, and he might be the best, just stepping onto the court freshman year, the best pick and roll guard we've had since Etwan Moore. He is really good with both hands, really long, really strong. He is going to be a problem for defenders all year. And Matt Harms might be good. I was doubtful that he would play much this year, but all indications are he's ahead of schedule. And Jaquil Taylor is permanently asterisked with, is he healthy? Can he be healthy if he's healthy? And we're going to need at least one big man off the bench. And then you throw in Eden Ewing, who is the prototypical 6'8", 6'9", athlete who can cover holes. Aaron Wheeler is a phenomenal athlete, 6'9", just huge, can jump out of a gym. I don't know if he'll play much this year, but there's certain lineups where we didn't have athletes the last few years that – this year we do, and a lot of that's because of the freshman class coming in. Interesting. Yeah, I I slightly I disagree as far as the best incoming Big Ten recruiting class, um, but I but I certainly think it's a talented group. I certainly think it's a deep group, and you know I I tweeted this. It was it was actually after a commitment um, for I believe the 2018 class uh, yet to arrive, but Painter does a tremendous job of getting the recruits that are like just rated low enough that they don't get the <laughs> huge uh, national attention, but still players who are more than capable of becoming stars in the, in the big 10. Um, obviously, Swanigan, <laughs> obviously, you know, Swanigan would be the exception to that. Um, but even Eastern, I mean, really highly sought player, very, very high uh, potential, I, I think, for the Boilermakers, but not quite, you know, elite five-star type guy who's going to draw all this attention. So a lot of these guys are sort of under the radar, even though they have really good recruiting rankings, uh, generally speaking. It's just they don't have uh, necessarily the the national uh, wow factor, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like Eastern a lot. I think he's the guy you hope ends up getting 20 minutes or so a game this year, uh, maybe more if he can hit the ground running. And uh, Harms, I, you know, I, I was kind of on a similar uh, plane as far as my projection of what he was going to be. You know, when I was first looking at things, I was like, oh, there's no way this guy's going to play. He's too raw. Um, it's going to take him a year or two to get his feet under him at, at the college level. His mix but, uh, I looked awful. Yeah, I mean, he's just – he has the size, but he's just – he's a very raw prospect. Um, but I, I think the early uh, entrance into Purdue is going to help. And I think, moreover, uh, he's just going to have to play because somebody's going to have to play behind Haas. Um, maybe it's Taylor. Maybe uh, it's another guy who can slip in there. But I think Harms, they're going to just throw him into the fire and, and see what can happen. Um, so – he will certainly play, too. And then I, I think you have a, an interesting cast of characters on the wing. Um, 
you mentioned Wheeler, who's a guy who uh, he's one I, I do think is going to get eased in slowly, specifically with you know Purdue having so many uh, upperclassmen this year. Um, but I, I do think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he's a guy who uh, could end up getting redshirted, not because he's a bad prospect, but just because there's just too many guys in front of him. Uh, but this is a class that I think Purdue fans are going to forget about a little bit this year. I think Eastern will certainly hit the ground running, but I think next year people are going to be shocked when this class starts really taking uh, a step forward um, out of the shadows, so to speak, when the uh, the older players depart. Uh, but so yeah, so we talked about you know where the team was last season, who's gone, who's coming in. Let's let's get to this year. Um, what are you most excited about as we enter the season? Uh, what are you most concerned about? And and moreover, you know what what do you think is sort of the thing if if the train goes off the track? Uh, had to use it. Um, <laughs> where what causes that? And and moreover, you know if if things go right, they repeat. As Big Ten champs, what goes right to cause that? The most excited I am is Carson Edwards was unleashed on the international scene this year. I wrote a piece this year. I talked to his personal trainer, um, the guy who's been working on a shot, and that jump shot is just transformed. And he is so quick and powerful and dangerous with the ball that if he's knocking that down with the rate that he takes shots, it's going to be scary. He might contend for Big Ten point later this year. He's almost definitely going to take wow. more threes than anyone else. Um, and he gets to fit in with four seniors who are all really good passers that know how to move the ball. And that's just – that is a deadly combination. That's why I'm so bullish on this team and why I think they can really return the favor that they did last year and repeat. The thing that worries me, um, the thing we lose with Caleb is a big presence down low, a toughness down low. And I think it's really good for a program when your best player works his ass off like Caleb did. And losing that can hurt, but we have enough seniors. I just worry if we go up against a team with a lot of size, that's how pretty lost the gold medal game in the World University Games. They were just bigger. They We couldn't. We could get misses, but we couldn't get stops because they kept rebounding the ball on us. As for what – we'll go off the rails uh, with an injury to Vincent Edwards. He is the glue. He's shown an expanded playmaking ability during the World University Games. And if we lose those – He's been good for 30 minutes a night at least since his freshman year pretty much. If we lose him, there's no way to replace him. We've got – he is just everything for us. And if if we keep shooting 40%, if we've got – on the roster right now, we have three guys that have shot over 40% from three. I think – with our expanded bench with Eastern Klein, if Jaquil Taylor stays healthy, he's really good on defense. He is the absolute perfect fill-in off the bench for Haas. He's quick. He can hedge. He can play a bunch of different defensive styles, and he's probably our best rebounder. So I really think if he stays healthy for a whole year, that's how we win the Big Ten. That's how we possibly 
jump towards the top 15, top 10 in the NBA or in the standings at the end of the year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think, uh, to start off with, you know, what should fans be excited as they come in or excited about as they come into this season? I, I think the first thing is, is you know, you're going to be starting four seniors uh, in your lineup. Uh, there's four starters coming back from last year, uh, or starters. Well, yeah, four starters coming back. Um, I, I think you, just from the face, that is generally very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm sure every college coach will sit here and rant about how having seniors is so much better than having freshmen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we know that's a, a sliding scale, but uh, but I, I think that's something to be really excited about. I mean, you're bringing back, in terms of personnel, the vast majority of the guys from a team that won the Big Ten outright and made the Sweet 16 and won a lot of games in pretty dominant fashion. So I, I think that is really encouraging uh, moreover, as we talked on or touched on briefly before, um, there are guys to step in in the front court where that void is going to come. You know, Vincent Edwards sort of, he saw some minutes at the three, he saw some minutes at the four. You know, they can dedicate him at the four this year without a problem. He's better uh, at the four. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Um, you know, that that's going to replace a good hunk of Swanigan's minutes right there. And then Haas um, – you, he didn't play a ton last year in terms of just minutes a game. Uh, so you have to figure he's going to increase there. So, I mean, just between those two guys, you're going to account for a lot of Swanigan's minutes. Now, production is a different thing, but uh, that should cover some of the minutes. And, you know, as we talked about too, I mean, there are solid addi- additions that can fill in behind these guys in, in certain spots. And, you know, the final thing I, I would note, too, uh, is Carson Edwards, as you mentioned, that is a very, very underrated return. Um, and the international play, I, I will admit, and I, I tweeted this out earlier this week, but I was very skeptical on Purdue coming into this season, you know, after last season ended. I had said that, um, you know, I was very concerned with the loss of Swanigan. I was very concerned with sort of putting the emphasis on guys like uh, Vincent Edwards and Haas to sort of carry the day. Um, Carson Edwards is probably the one thing that turned me around the most because I think he has the potential really to good. be a major star. Yeah. I think he could really light it up this year. And that is the biggest thing that has uh, changed my outlook on Purdue uh, more than anything else. Because um, depending on how you kind of count guys, he may not fall into that returning starters category, again, because he didn't start the entire season. But uh, he's a guy who he might end up being the team's best player uh, by season's end. So I, I think that's a very underrated one. And plus, too, uh, you also bring back Ryan Klein as well, who I, I think could be slipping under some radars uh, if in the Big Ten and, and nationally. Um on the, the other side of things, you know, what could go wrong, sort of what could derail the season, uh, you, you said it perfectly. Swanigan is not a guy that you can overlook. You can't just assume that you're going to replace what a guy like that provided, not only because of what he actually did on the floor in terms of scoring and statistical contributions, but what he opened up for others, I think, 
is underrated by uh, a lot of people. Um, and, I mean, I, I put this in my preview to come, uh, so check out vtpowerhouse.com. Uh, plug, plug, plug. Um, but uh, Purdue, with, with largely the same personnel between Swanigan's first year and second year, jumped from, like, 73rd nationally in three-point percentage to seventh. And that also included the loss of Kendall Stevens, who was one of the team's better three-point shooters the year prior. Um, nah. I, I don't think nah. – <laughs> I, uh, I mean, in terms nah. of three-point attempts, he led the team. Um, so, I mean, I, I will say that I don't think you jump from 73rd to seventh nationally with – largely guys who uh, are, are the same personnel without something changing. And I think that big change was Swanigan elevating from a really nice freshman to an All-American type level. Um, and, and what I mean by that is he opens up guys on the perimeter. He gets extra attention down low. He himself became a much better shooter as well. Um, I, I think that's something that I would not expect uh, to maintain um, and the question is, is you know, is Purdue going to go back to 73rd? Are they going to be higher than that? Are they going to go lower than that? So I, I think that's something. Offensively? Uh, uh, offensively and three-point shooting, yes. Uh, I think our team will be way better on offense this year. I okay, think, okay. Um, I've always kind of felt that the Haas-Swanigan, it worked just because Biggie became a good three-point shooter last year, but it still was kind of messy. I think it's a lot cleaner PJ, Carson, Dakota, Vince, and Haas. I think Vince and Haas make a lot more sense together. Everything Vince does, he can shoot and then skies in for offensive rebounds. He provides Haas a lot more space inside. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I could see the overall offense increasing. I'm not sure the, the three-point shooting will maintain uh, where it was. Um, but I, I will say uh, I think that's that's a concern coming into this season. Um, additionally, uh, and this is something I, I talked about last spring, um, the question of who's going to be the star player. Uh, I think if you want to be a potential Big Ten championship squad, a potential second weekend squad, you're going to need an all-Big Ten level guy. Uh, first team, not honorable mention or, or something like that. You're going to need a top-tier player. Um, as I mentioned, I think Carson Edwards has the potential to do that. Um, Vincent certainly will have a shot. Um, you do have to wonder as well, you know, how much sort of meat is left on the bone. Um, how much can he improve in his senior year? Uh, another question uh, about uh, this team. But I, I think um, those, those are questions. You know, who's going to be the guy that sort of elevates you in the big games um, down the stretch? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I, I think those are potential things that could derail uh, the roster. And as well, I, I should also mention um, Isaac Haas. We talked about how he uh, had not played a ton of minutes last year in terms of minutes per game. Uh, he was actually below fifty percent, which isn't terrible for a front court player. He's never um, averaged twenty minutes a game for a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he hasn't played dominant minutes. And if, if Purdue fans are expecting him to sort of elevate his game and, and fill in for some of those lost contributions from Swanigan, he's going to have to play more. Um, he's going to have to stay on the floor, be more consistent. So I, I think that's a potential concern as well. 
Um, but but nonetheless, uh, so that that's what to be excited about, what to be concerned about. Um, sort of a mixed bag there. Um, so let's let's get into the the schedule here for a second. Um, you know, we we've talked about maybe the the team a little bit. Um, let's hit on what they're going to play against. Um, I'm a big fan of this schedule. I know Purdue fans may not be as excited because some of these games are sort of uh, repeats uh, in the non-conference, you know, uh, particularly uh, Louisville, who they played recently. Um, additionally, they're probably lined up to play Villanova, who they also played recently. But they do get um, – they're going to get Butler – uh, they're going to get uh, Tennessee and the Bahamas. Um, they're going to get a road trip to Marquette here in just a few days. Um, I will be what at are your that thoughts game. on the schedule? Oh, perfect. Uh, what are your thoughts on the schedule and particularly the non-conference schedule this year? You know, I do like it. I it, it feels like we didn't really have many marquee games the last few years before Louisville, so it is. It is kind of in Villanova, so it is weird to, like, just bring those guys back. But I think it's good. We get a road test real early with Marquette. It's the third game on the season. And, you know, before long we'll be off playing Tennessee and then Villanova, maybe Arizona, however that works out. But I think it's good. The game against Butler, they should be in pretty good shape by then. I think with a senior-led team, this is what you do. You challenge yourself early. Um, force everyone to, you know, show up from day one. We've already played a ton of basketball this year. The World University Games, I think, was a huge thing for us. And there's no reason that we needed, you know, four cupcakes to get into the meal. Like, this will be – we're going to have fun this year. I, I think Purdue will, will certainly have fun with the schedule. I think there's more than enough to get the blood pumping uh, as a fan. You know, you mentioned a likely matchup with Villanova. Louisville will certainly get fans uh, excited, especially at home. Um, and one thing that I, I think is important to note about the schedule as well is, you know, usually I, I talk about in terms of non-conference scheduling – you want to make it difficult, you want enough challenging games, but you don't want to make it too tough because, uh, you know, if you don't do well against it, you're going to end non-conference play with nothing. Um, there are a few uh, games in here that are sneaky in terms of RPI that I think could uh, end up helping. Uh, Valpo is one. Um, Lipscomb is, a, is another one um, where they might be just good enough to where you can get a potential one top 150 maybe a top 100 if, if things go right when um, in those games. So there's at least a few of those sprinkled in there where Purdue can add uh, to its resume, even if the, the big games don't go right. Um, moving into Big Ten play, Purdue has a pretty pretty challenging slate as far as uh, conference play goes. They're going to get Michigan State on the road. Um, they have a double play against Wisconsin, a double play against Minnesota, um, and I believe a double play against Michigan. Um, well, sorry, excuse me. Yep, double play against Michigan and a double play against Maryland. Um, what are your thoughts on the Big Ten schedule? I mean, obviously, people know generally what to expect, um, but uh, any any thoughts as far as the Big Ten goes? Am I crazy for thinking, I mean, Michigan State and Purdue are on the top level, and then I think it's a considerable drop-off after that. 
Interesting. I, I'm not sure if I if I feel quite that strongly, but <laughs> why do okay. people like Michigan? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get the Michigan love at all. Derek Walton uh, was everything for that team last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly. I mean, we could jump into uh, some of these other teams. I, I think as far as uh, Michigan goes, uh, I, I'm not as it's super high on the Wolverines this year, particularly because of what Derek Walton was to that team. Uh, they're also losing DJ Wilson, but they do have some nice players uh, returning. Wagner is a big one. They have Mar back in the backcourt, um, as well as they're adding Charles Matthews to be a, a really, really nice player. Um, and certainly Michigan has a, a pretty good history of developing guards in the backcourt. But I do think that will be a, uh, a challenging game, though, especially on the road for Purdue. Yeah, I, there are some tough little sandwiches here. Early in December, we play Louisville at home, and then we go to Maryland three days later. And then there's a murderer's row of away at Michigan, away at Minnesota, home to Wisconsin, away to Iowa, home Michigan, and then away to Indiana, then home for Maryland. So I, I do think the Big Ten's better this year. The middle teams are better, but I just feel – I really do feel like Michigan State and Purdue are – they're the marquees. That game Saturday – the game in February at Michigan State, that's going to go a long way in deciding who wins the Big Ten this year. Mm-hmm. I definitely uh, agree with it as far as what that game uh, could mean to the Big Ten. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge late here. I, I think it's a uh, – as far as what Purdue fans have to hope for, I, I think it's a little bit of a mix. I, I think the first one is, is uh, um, you got to protect home court, um, and, and that's something that generally uh, is, is a statement across teams. But I think protecting home court is, is key when you have so many challenging double plays. Um, it, it's not as um, it's not as if uh, Purdue got nailed with uh, uh, some. Uh, really, really challenging um, single uh, road-only games, a lot of this is uh, double plays. So you do get a lot of these teams at home. So take care of business at home. Moreover, win the manageable games, you know, particularly. uh, You get Illinois, uh, a road game against them late. You get Penn State at home, who I'm a little bit lower on than others. You get Ohio State at home. Obviously, you're going to get Nebraska and Rutgers in there. Um, Those are both home games, too. So Win those games, uh, upset a few teams, take care of business at home, and, and you'll be in, in good shape. Um, but uh, with that, uh, I did want to touch just briefly. I know we have went through it, and it's not going to be super surprising, but I did want to just touch briefly on the, the starting lineup. Uh, how do you think that's out, uh, and who goes where? Our starting lineup, I think it'll be set in stone this year. I honestly think there is a chance every single one of them gets a vote for an all-Big Ten team. Um, I know it it sounds like homerism. I get that. But (laughs) PJ has been nothing if not solid, and all of a sudden he's become an elite shooter. He's going to have a ton of options around him. He's going to pick up pretty easy assists. He's a really good defender for how limited he is with his size. Dakota Mathias was the best perimeter defender in the conference last year. 
Carson Edwards might be the best player on the team. Vincent Edwards, I would say, pretty safe bet to be a top one or two. He'll be in the contention for Big Ten Player of the Year. And Isaac Haas still can't be guarded in the post. If his minutes jump up to 25, 26, he's going to score a lot of points. He's going to get to the free throw line. He's going to grab a lot of rebounds. I still think he's probably the best center in the league. And the whole reason of having four seniors is for tough schedules and to know how to win. And we've got four of them that's been there that's won their entire career. So I think the starting lineup is going to, I mean, be really, really good this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you, you're going to have Thompson. I think you're going to have some combination of Carson Edwards and Matthias, uh, the two and three. However, they end up figuring out on the offensive and defensive ends, obviously. Um, Matthias is going to defend whoever's the, the better scorer, most likely. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I think the front court is going to be Vincent Edwards and Haas, as, as you mentioned. I think it's a it's a really, really experienced lineup. I think it's a lineup that's going to give a lot of teams problems, particularly the front court. Because I, I don't think for the last few years running, the Big Ten has a lot of great front courts year to year. Um, it's been a problem in the league. But uh, I think that's that's something to be excited about. He has uh, two two really nice uh, bench players in uh, Ryan Klein. And at least I'm, I think he's going to be a really nice bench player in um, Eastern. So I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, if you've got seven really good players, you're in really good shape uh, to be productive. So I like the lineup. I think the one the one question mark will be the the front court depth as as we discussed. But uh, but with that, um, let's get to the the best part, the money time of the uh, the podcast. Season predictions. Uh, how do you see Purdue finishing? Uh, where are they in the Big Ten? Do they make the postseason? If they do, where do they end up? Um, just general thoughts on the season and predictions. I think we win somewhere between 23 and 26 games. I think we win the Big Ten. I think it might be a tie with Michigan State, but I think we win. I guess it wouldn't be a tie. There's a one game series between. <laughs> I, w- I wish I had a. Uh, I wish I had a siren right now to blast. <laughs> 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 Honestly, I feel like this is an Elite Eight team. Um, our seniors have gotten really close. If if we don't do it this year, I don't know when we're going to do it. We didn't do it last year with Swanigan, and then we ran into a buzzsaw Jayhawks team. But I just – maybe I just need it. I need it for myself. I think the fans need it. I think we need, we need to break way past that Sweet 16 barrier. So I love this senior class. I've loved them from day one. They came in and took a program that was desolate and sad and – starting to become all the things that Purdue basketball wasn't supposed to be. And they saved us. And, you know, now they've all stuck together. They're here. They've got a nice freshman recruiting class behind them. I just – I think this is the right time. It'd be really nice not to hear how Painter needs to be fired this year. So. (laughs) Yeah, that's always a positive. Um (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be an upper-tier Big Ten team. Um, my pre-preview prediction rankings, um, and I'll explain that in a second. I had them fourth. Um, I had them behind Purdue, uh, Minnesota, and Maryland. 
Um, I will note, though, these are my predictions before I sort of dive through all the teams um, because mm. they, they post at different times, so I can't really adjust them after I have started. Uh, so these right. are not including exhibition games, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I will say Purdue is going to move up from fourth in my predictions. I think they, in terms of play, are going to be a, a little bit back from Michigan State just because I don't think they have a player like Bridges that can just be absolutely dominant on, on the next level. Um, but I, I have said this 50 times uh, in the season previews and, and all summer, don't think the favorite is going to have a cherry walk here to the title because it almost never happens in Big Ten play. I mean, I think we're at four or five years running now where just about every year the favorite does not win the Big Ten. And a couple of times they didn't even make the tournament. Um, so don't don't just assume because Michigan State's the preseason favorite that they are going to walk into a title. I think Purdue will, will do some damage. I think they'll make the tournament. I think they are capable of – I think they're more than capable of making the second weekend. And at that point, I mean, it's tough to uh, – to predict, I, I think they are somewhere between uh, a round of 32 to an Elite 18, and really it's all just matchups at that point, so we'll have to see sort of where they fall in. Um, but I, I will say the good news for Purdue is with a challenging non-conference, if they can get some wins here, they, they could end up with a really nice seed for March. But, uh, um, but with that, um, Casey, any final thoughts here on Purdue? Um, on the Big Ten, and um, where can people check out your stuff? I think the one thing I'm wary, I'm wary about with Michigan State is I think Miles Bridges is incredible. I don't trust anyone else on that roster. That's why I <laughs> lean towards Purdue. I know there's four guys that I can, like, trust day in, day out, every game. Michigan State, I didn't think Ward was very good last year. And I thought the supporting guards were not up to snuff. I think Bridges was just really good, but that team overall was pretty mediocre last year. Uh, but I think I think the Big Ten will be good. I think Maryland's going to upset some people. I think Minnesota is streaky. They were streaky last year. I think they'll be streaky again this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I'm just glad basketball's back. I mean, football's <laughs> rough. It's still rough. Like, yeah. it's, it's better, but it's still rough. Um, and you can check out my stuff at uh, – I write for Hammer and Rails, fellow SP Nation site. Um, we'll be getting a lot of stuff up for the previews. I'll have my prediction post up and probably Friday morning before the game. And then I'll I'll be doing most of the game wraps throughout the year and all that good stuff. Nice. Excellent, man. Well, thanks for joining us, and especially early early in the morning today. Yep, thank you for having me. <laughs> thanks, man. Have a good one. You too. Um, so that was uh, Casey. He writes for uh, Hammer and Rails. If you're a Purdue fan, you're someone interested in Purdue uh, sports, great follow on Twitter, um, and they put up great stuff over there at Hammer and Rails, and, and they're really, really good about their, their Big Ten coverage as well. So, we overlap a little bit, but definitely worth a read um, if you're interested in that stuff. But with that, I'm going to call it a, a morning here um, on the VT Powerhouse podcast. 
My name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the uh, host and manager of BT Powerhouse. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Check out btpowerhouse.com right now. As I mentioned, the Purdue preview is coming up shortly, uh, which should be a strong hint that it's coming up today, most likely. Um, but we have Northwestern that just went up. We have Illinois that just went up. Everybody is almost up except for a team or two. Check it out. We encourage you, and we will soon have real basketball to talk about, guys. So we'll see you next time. Thanks.